0: Welcome to Growing Unicorns, where every week, Holly Chen and me, Karina Edwards, come together with some fun guest hosts at a live interactive discussion where we unpack stories from the trenches while we're working with some of the fastest growing unicorns today. All right. Welcome to another episode of Growing Unicorns. We have Asse Britt here. She's the VP of Growth Marketing at Terminus. Now we have Holly Chen, per usual, Karina Edwards, myself, we'll get right into it. I I'd love to just hear just about your career path, how you got to where you are today,
1: the whole thing. Yeah, sure. Well, thank you so much, Green and Holly, having me on today. I'm really excited to be having this conversation with you both and your audience. I have a very untraditional path to marketing. I actually started my career out as a civil engineer. My undergrad degree is in engineering. I worked for the Department of Transportation for a number of years. I realized it's not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life <laughs> after doing it for a while, working out in the field especially. I was getting more to the project management side of the house and negotiating contracts like with consultants that we were hiring to manage some of our larger scale infrastructure projects. And I was really enjoying that kind of aspect of it, which was more on, I guess, the business planning side, strategic planning, getting funding, that kind of stuff. And so I decided to go and get my MBA, it gave me the most options to kind of pivot into something else. So I went to business school. Coming out of business school, I ended up joining Intercontinental Hotels Group and hospitality. I did take a role in marketing. So, post business school, I did end up in marketing, but I started out in like loyalty marketing, partnership marketing early in my career. So, I had a couple roles there. And then eventually I found myself working at Bloomberg for a number of years, almost six years. And that's where I kind of really started shifting more into the digital side of the house digital marketing, online, the demand gen kind of side of it. I really enjoyed it because having more of that analytical kind of background to me is a great fit for that type of role. Because it's kind of a mix of the creativity as well as having the analytics and the operations side of it. So that's kind of where I kind of gravitated towards. And since then, I've taken a couple other roles as a head of marketing for a couple other organizations. And now I'm working for Terminus. And Terminus is a Martech company, Um, it's a multi channel engagement platform, um, primarily to do account based marketing. Thank you so
0: much. Diving right in, I'd love to hear about like the marketing org at terminus. Yeah. I think especially for the larger companies in Martech specifically, you typically see like a split of a function. So I'd love to hear about that.
1: Yeah, so we kind of have three buckets on our kind of broader marketing organization, which I think is probably fairly typical. We have a product marketing team that of course focuses on everything product marketing with positioning and messaging, competitive analysis. They also support the product team on releases. And then we have more of a brand and content team, more of your corporate marketing that does just that content, brand, customer advocacy, the case studies, lifecycle marketing. And then we have our growth marketing team. And that's the team I lead. So our main focus is driving pipeline and revenue. That's really what we do. And we do it both from like traditional demand gen. And then we also, of course, do account-based marketing. And we have a very robust account-based marketing go-to-market strategy using our own platform. But within our growth marketing team, we also have field marketing, we have marketing operations, and also our inbound SDRs report into our organization, Mm -hmm. where our outbound SDRs are reporting right now into sales. So it's kind of a split group, but they have a very strong dotted line To our team, because all of our ABM programs, we of course align very closely with our outbound SDRs for executing on those, as well as our AEs and our AMs when it comes to customer expansion as well.
0: I love that. I love that the inbound SDRs report into marketing. And so this is a perfect tangent into like that topic of traditional demand gen versus ABM. How do you guys think about it at Terminus in terms of, you know, there's a lot of conversation about. ABM is demand gen, right? And everyone should be focusing on everything ABM comprehensively. I'm definitely a believer of like, there is a split in the two. So mm-hmm. we'd love to hear like, do you build your team out that way in the growth marketing org, like ABM versus just traditional demand gen? And or how do you think about those together?
1: Yeah, so we definitely are seeing some convergence across demand gen and ABM. For us, I think it kind of depends on the organization and their business and what is their total addressable market kind of look like. So I'm going to term this as an example because we have a very large TAM because any B2B marketer can really use our platform in some kind of respect. And that's huge. And so we're not going to do account-based marketing to... You know, the millions of marketers that are out there. So we kind of have a split strategy in terms of we know we're going to need to have some traditional demand gen programs like through paid search and through paid social events. There's some very targeted trade shows and conferences that we go to, as well as some other programs that we run like sponsored newsletters and emails. And that's all about really kind of understanding who your personas are and who you're trying to go after and making sure you are where. They are in terms of their watering holes, where they get information, where they frequent. So, we want to make sure we're covered in that respect. So, we do have a pretty robust, like just inbound program that we're driving inbound activity. But on the ABM side, of course, like we want to be our best customer in terms of doing account based marketing. We have folks on the team that are focused on customer expansion using ABM and then also for new customer acquisition and more pro- the one to many one to few programmatic but also on strategic so we have you know our strategic accounts which are a handful of accounts and we have someone who's dedicated to working very closely with those account executives in doing the more bespoke one to one type of campaigns because those types of organizations have huge buying committees there's a lot of people involved in terms of making the decisions so we think it's worth that investment to do more of the one to one kind of marketing but i think there's a place in your go to market strategy for both now i would say if you have a very tight ideal customer profile because i've also talked to some organizations that you know their platform could cost high six figures you know and they're only going after the fortune 100 well, if that's the case, then ABM you might probably want to be 100% ABM, right? Yeah. Because you know exactly who could use your product, who could benefit from it, and you want to do that. But for most of us, I think that there's kind of a balance. Like you definitely want to invest in ABM to go after those best fit accounts or showing those intent signals, because we find in the long run that's actually you're high, you have a higher return on those in terms of ROA on your marketing campaigns because there's less waste like on Mm -hmm. your ad spend, stuff like that. But I think there's also a place because you can't capture... There's going to be folks out there that you're not targeting as part of your ABM program that you don't want to miss out on either. So you need to kind of have a presence from a demand side.
0: And so from a budgeting perspective, Mm -hmm. a lot of the times, right, people like to think of ABM as like, okay, well, what specific budget do we need to have reserved compared to our traditional demand-gen efforts? So I would love to hear like, what is your perspective on the split between... Total budget: What goes to traditional demand gen? What goes towards ABM? And then, like within ABM as a segment, how do you split those budgets between one to one or the, the strategic accounts versus just like more of the one to few?
1: Yeah. So on the ABM side, the cost associated with ABM is, of course, you're going to have your you have some tech costs. You're going to have some advertising costs. I think most of the cost is, is more on just the resources and the strategy. Because ABM is not just about the tech and the media spend. It's about having the right strategy because it all starts with your account targeting. And so you need to really kind of understand and have that great relationship between marketing and sales coming up with the ideal customer profile, like what are the attributes that go into that, how you're going to kind of score it and be on the same page of who you're going to go after. So a lot of it, I think, is the development on the strategy side. Then once you have that, then the spend comes in. But I find the spend tends to be less because you're focusing it all on a smaller set of accounts. And so that way you can just be a, a bit more efficient in the dollar spend. But I think it's the people spend that you usually have at least, you know, one person or two people, depending on the, you know, how big your ABM program is and making sure you're developing that strategy. And then on the, the demand gen side, on the media, that's where you probably are going to spend more money. But it also kind of depends on what market are you in. How competitive is it? How big is paid search as part of like... I've worked for companies where paid search is a huge component. And that can get very expensive if you're in a very competitive market where those keywords tend to be pricey. So I think it kind of depends on what your marketing mix is. Or if you're in an industry where conferences and trade shows are a huge part of your marketing mix. So I think there's certain channels that can drive the price up of how much you need to kind of spend on the demand side. If there's certain shows that are like, absolutely, we go every year, our competitors are always there. That's where our target market is. And if that plays a bigger part, I think in your marketing mix, then you may have to allocate more dollars, you know, towards that.
2: And do you think about the, the budget based on your lifetime value for strategic accounts and, and you tie that to the revenue potential and then looking at the broader market size? Or is it more around, we need a percentage of our budget in conferences and shows, for example? Like, How much do you tie that to your customer uh, lifetime value? in the budget
1: process. So for us, we kind of look at it as more about ROI on pipeline, on driving pipeline. So are we generating 3x, 4x you know pipeline from this investment that we're making with whatever tactic that we're deploying we kind of use that as a rule of thumb versus the, the lifetime value and and we do some abm programs to kind of also help with win rates we do some pipeline acceleration but for us it's it's we're very focused on driving pipeline because we know once they get into the sales cycle like i said we do try to support that shorten the sales cycle grow the opportunity size help with the win rates but also i think when you get to that, there's so many variables that come into play when it comes to the closing and the win rates with that. So we kind of base it on, are we going to do this program or not based on a multiple of the ROI in terms of pipeline generation?
2: That makes a lot of sense. The split between strategic accounts versus the more like a coverage for the broader market. Do you have, let's say like, you know, a list of 100 accounts or like 50 accounts. And then for the rest of the market, think about it by employee number. Like, how do you think about that that split?
1: Yeah. So we have different segments on the sales side. We have like a velocity segment, enterprise, and then strategic. And that for us goes by employee size with the companies. And on the strategic side those account executives are going to have a number of named accounts. And within those named accounts, they pick a handful of big bets that they're going to really hyper-focus on. Within those big bets, say they're like five, they, they work with the ABM manager for strategic and they select like two. And then he works with them to do very customized bespoke type programs. And it goes beyond just the one-to-one display ads and email signature ads. We'll also do some outreaches like on LinkedIn that are one-to-one. Invite them to like roundtable discussions, just the folks at that company. Like it's not a broad webinar; it's very targeted towards their their company, their industry, their pain points, um, that kind of thing. We also do like customized content streams. We use Uberflip, you know, and have dedicated content streams. We have custom chat bots. Like we go the full range on those accounts um, that have been kind of identified as these are our strategic big bets that we want to, you know, really put a lot of investment in. Like I said, not just money, because some of that stuff is through the Terminus platform. It's a fixed cost. Like once you purchase it, you have access to a lot of that stuff already. So there's no variable cost. That's where the people cost comes in, that we have somebody who creates those in conjunction with the account executive.
0: In terms of like functional role, who's typically the person that you match up on the strategic accounts with the AE? Like what's their strongest functional role? I'm sorry, do you mean on our side? Yeah, so is it, I would imagine that they would have to lean a little bit more product marketing at that strategic account level than like your typical growth marketer, but could be wrong too. Would just love to hear about like how you kind of vet that person out.
1: We have we actually the person who just came on board for that role. He's just a r- really strong account based marketer. To be honest, okay. um, he didn't really lean product marketing or anything. But I think we're a little different because, like, our ABM person is our target market, right? So that's who yep. we're targeting, and he's using the product So its fullest. So he is who our prospects. Are essentially. So they know all the ins and outs of, in terms of the persona, how to talk to them, what their challenges are. So we're kind of like unique, I say, in that aspect of it. But I I will say, in my previous company, it was a B2B SaaS company that did embedded business intelligence. And so our target market personas were product managers and software developers. And in that case, we did rely quite a bit on product marketing because they had that deeper knowledge in terms of the persona where our ABM people would lean on them in terms of some of the, the messaging and, and things like that that they would do. To go
2: a little deeper on that, your ABM person will manage different kinds of marketing activities of that account, including run a display, including running the events, like the, the whole slew of things versus there's like the center of excellence you have display team who, who does like the volume display versus one, one-to-one display as well as you know, like, so, so it's more like functional based and, and you're actually the first, first approach.
1: Yeah, we, we are. Um, that's how we kind of mm-hmm. run it um, because they have the strategy. So they know mm-hmm. deep, they have the, the campaign plan for that specific account um, know who the players are in terms of the organization and who we're going after and they will put together everything in terms of the multi-channel strategy. Now they will lean on say our design team and say okay I need a suite of ads. This is the the messaging, the content, the you know, the CTA and then the design team will kind of design it for them, but they own that campaign plan. Um, and then for some things, they'll use the platform on their own if they're doing any kind of website personalization. Because we want it, they want it also it be consistent with whatever the other touch points are too. So they will bring in other folks within our department as needed. So say you brought up events. So if they're going to do any type of event, be it in person special dinner or if they're going to do a virtual roundtable. They're in charge of kind of planning it and everything like that. But we do have a field marketer who, if they need to say, we're going to be in New York, we're going to go visit, we're going to have a, a dinner, we're going to invite this top prospect account to. So they may lean on, hey, field marketer, can you help me scout out a location and, and book something for this? But actually driving the actual event itself will be the ABM manager owns that as part of their campaign plan. Pulling back a little bit, I think
0: a lot of where I see people struggle with ABM is really at the strategic level of like, task number one, let's figure out what our named accounts look like or what our list should be. And I think marketing to marketers has a lot of challenges. But I think one of the upsides to it is that really figuring out like TAM for that can be lighter weight than maybe like in your past experience with like product manager. So just would love to hear like, what are some of the data variables or like the different types of data you bring in from a marketing perspective, when you're helping the sales team really decide on, okay, we're going to go all in on ABM. What is our target account list look like? Or what should it be?
1: That's absolutely right. Like it starts with your strategy and your account targeting. More so than the technology. Like, I think people in getting that alignment between marketing and sales, I think both sides have to be bought in and kind of tackle it together. I think first it kind of starts with, you know, we do different types of ABM campaigns, just talking about customer acquisition, not even expansion, but even for just for customer acquisition, depending on what your product is, if there's different aspects of your product, maybe there's a particular part of it that you're trying to sell. So I'll just use Terminus as an example. So we are a full multi-channel engagement platform. And about a year and a half ago, we had acquired a company called Ramble Chat and we introduced ABM Chat into our platform. For a long time, nobody even knew we had a chat product, right? Because that's not what we're traditionally known for. So we wanted to make sure that we were building some awareness for chat. And so we did an ABM campaign just for chat. And so leveraging our... ICP that we had already built in terms of what types of companies are the best fit you know for terminus then we layered in intent data for chat specifically and we get that through our own first party data of people who are like visiting our website especially any kind of white papers or ebooks or content associated with chat our chat product page um, a chat webinar did they go to in the past? Like anything like that that shows our first party intent on chat. And then we also use information like from G2 intent data on who's looking for chat vendors or chat products and Bombora, you know, across the web um, and kind of folding that in. So that is like account targeting for a specific, you know, campaign. Um, so we have the highest likelihood of success in going after those accounts about something that's kind of a aspect you know, of our product. And then if it's just more, you know, broader of just ABM platforms, one, we look at our customer base, like where have you had success before? And not just, where you win, but are those the lifetime customers? Are those the customers that see value from your product and stay with you and renew year after year? So by looking at that and looking at the data that you already have in your CRM, you can you know soon kind of understand what that customer base kind of looks like. So you know the attributes, but then you can also say, well, where do we win? And one of the things I learned actually from my previous company is... Going back to the embedded analytics product, we, after doing some analysis, really found out that our biggest competitor was not our other vendors. It was people who wanted to build it on their own. Yep. So that was really interesting, too. Is like once you kind of dig into your own data and you realize, why do we lose? Well, we don't lose because they're going to a competitor. They're, we're losing because their developers think they can build it on their own. So then yep. it helps you kind of tackle your messaging and why do you hit those things or well, what are the struggles and the downsides of building it on your own that you now need to consider using our product, you know, instead. So I think on the account targeting, it's, you know, look at your existing CRM customer base, find out where you win versus where you lose. And then what are those attributes for the best fit? And those attributes can meet company size, they can be what is their technology stack, because you probably have some APIs or something like that. You have that you probably work better with some than others that have mm-hmm. advantages. And then there's just like just a number of, of different attributes depending on your company on what kind of should feed into the ICP scoring where you think you'll have a better fit. And then layer in intent. I think intent is a big aspect of it too, because you want to go after the, the the companies that are actually showing signals that they're in the market right now for you to help prioritize.
0: Yeah. And I think that's where the build versus buy point is really made. Because when you talk about the actual mechanics of how you make that work, Mm -hmm. right? Like how do you create a campaign that can live on beyond just one week without having to manually manipulate all of this intent data? So from just nerding out on the mechanics of it all, is that something that you guys pipe through? Terminus... And make sure that all the intent data is coming through there and then setting like your base campaign for how you want that to flow out.
1: Yeah, we pull a lot of that information in. So we have our own first party data through the Terminus platform. You can build these like engagement models and you can have yeah. multiple ones. So then that feeds into Salesforce, which is our CRM. So our sales team can kind of see, say they have 50 accounts that they're currently like working on, well, they can see which ones are spiking. Which ones are surging in the past week? So they're like, okay, something's going on here. Here are the different pages that they're visiting. Hey, oh look, they just registered for our webinar that we're having on Wednesday. Like you can kind of see uh, the flow of that. And then, like I said, we also pull in data from Bombora, which is a partner of ours. So even if they're not engaging with us directly, we see that oh, they're looking for ABM platforms. They're they're searching yeah. there's activity across you know, the web that they're looking for, which will just help them know when to strike um, or at least where to kind of tackle first. I think that's really beneficial too because you've also been in situations where like you go after an account, it's a great fit, but they may say, oh, we just signed with our competitor last month. Like we're not in the market right now. So it it helps to have that intent data too.
0: As we wrap this up, I'd love to end this with what are some common mistakes just with your experience and then also working like with an ABM platform or added ABM platform. What are some common mistakes you see happen when people are trying to run ABM programs and or just like common misconceptions about ABM in general? And a little bit of context to that is I think our audience and generally most people that I talk to in marketing, like ABM feels like this black box that
1: everyone
0: feels like they should be doing common misconceptions or mistakes.
1: One is... ABM is just it's not just marketing to a list like hey you pulled cuz i I've, I've talked to people in sales before They're like hey, yeah we do abm we pull <laughs> a list of you know accounts and we're just sending them emails and it's yeah. like uh that's not, you know, exactly, you know, what it is. I think you need to be more strategic about it. And like you said, we talked about the data aspect of it. Like, why these accounts? Like, what is it about them that one is a good fit, and or are they behaviorally showing signals that you should be going after them? Um, I also think I talked to some prospects and customers, um, and it can be overwhelming because there's so much out there right now in terms of tools and and things you could be using. And I'd say like, you can start small, you can start with a crawl and then go to a walk and a run. You don't have to do everything at once. And it really starts with your strategy. Like, what are you trying to achieve out of this? Like you said, what is your ideal customer profile? Who are you going after? Why? Get that alignment with sales. Because that's the other part too, is if marketing is just doing it on their own, you're not going to see the same success as if marketing is partnering with sales. So you're going after 100 accounts. Because I've seen this too. We'll be running the air cover and the marketing stuff. And then you have your SDRs at the same time doing their phone calls and their outreaches. Same message. You're offering the same type of content assets. And they'll run through whatever their outreach or sales off sequence for a month. And maybe they don't get any responses. Well, two weeks later, that account comes through and about asking for a demo, right? Yeah. So, you know, it all kind of like works together, but that's where you have the biggest impact is when marketing and sales are working together on a more cohesive strategy. Like I said, same message, same offer, same positioning. I think we all have heard like people need to hear things like 20 times before it really yeah. makes an impression. But I'd say just because there's so many tactics and channels and everything out there, you don't have to start with all of them. Because I think sometimes people get like, Oh my God, this is too much. I don't have the resources, either people or money or tool or tech. And it's like, it's really, to me, it's a go-to-market strategy. Like that's what you need to figure out first. And then you can add stuff on. You don't have to say, we've never done
0: ABM before or like a strategic version of ABM. Let's go buy this big and bad tool and then start piloting. I think you pilot first, right? To show the use case and show yeah. like the early wins and then you scale from there. So hundred percent agree with that.
2: And, and as, a, as an early team, and then they're just starting ABM, if the, the rest of the team do not have lots of experience with ABM and, and needs that almost push or validation, would you recommend the marketing leader to run, let's say, an incrementality study? Or like what's a good way to rally everyone to get behind the strategy?
1: Yeah, like have a control group and then a group that you do it towards so you can measure the lift. I think that's a good idea. I also think you have to kind of think about like if you're just getting started, where do you think you'll have the fastest path to success? And by that, I mean, is it customer acquisition or is it customer expansion? Like it could be customer expansion. And we're starting to see more people focus in their ABM efforts on expansion. If they have like... A suite of products or a platform where they have opportunity to upsell and cross sell because those customers you already have a relationship with. So it's a little bit easier to get your foot in the door and see a quicker path to hit, you know, creating opportunities pipeline and close one revenue if you're able to do that, if you have products to cross sell and upsell. So I even think that is a good way to even think about if I want to get started you know where is the white space in these accounts that are you know are healthy accounts but they're only buying this and they could really benefit from buying that and that's where you you know you talk to your account management team you talk to your customer success team and they'll help identify those accounts where there's that white space and because there's existing relationships because we found in those cases you just have better response rates you have better response rates when you invite them to like a webinar or we do these virtual experiences like mixology events and wine tastings, the people obviously already have a relationship... That's where you're going to see higher responses in terms of them attending and engaging so that if you do have a small team, that may be a good place to start before going into customer you know, brand new acquisition on cold accounts.
2: And, and final question for a marketer who's doing traditional demand gen or other aspects of marketing and wanted to get into ABM marketing, or as let's say a founder who's curious about ABM, what are some advice you have or are any resources that they should look deeper into?
1: I'll say uh, the resource center on terminus.com. Like we have a lot of really great content on there. We have a blog, ebooks. Things like that about how to get started. What we actually found last year is there's still, like you said, there's still a lot of appetite for just that basic 101 type of content of how to get started, even though the concept of ABM now has been around almost 10, you know, I don't know, eight years. Like it's been around for a little while. So people have heard of it. They get it at a high level, but the how do I get started, what do I do first stuff is still you know difficult for some organizations. So there's a lot of resources out there. I know we have kind of even leaned towards like, we put out some really advanced for people with like high on the maturity curve, but we were finding is that's still that basic 101 content is still needed and people just want to know how to get started. So I would check out like our own resource center, but there's another... Publisher Demand Gen Report that also puts out a lot of really good content on ABM and how to get started with ABM. Some companies do certification programs, you know, how to get started with ABM. So, those are just some recommendations I would have. But, like I said, and you can start like the whole crawl, walk, run, I think is a concept that people should think about of just getting started because the whole fo- being able to focus, like I said, on your best fit accounts or showing those intent signals, that's where you're going to see them the most. You know, success and an efficient way to spend your marketing dollars. Awesome. Well, thank you so
0: much. I appreciate you joining us for this episode. And until next time, thanks, everyone.